Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Happy Friday, everyone. It's Jacob here. I just wanted to let you know we just launched our second episode of the Southern Outdoorsman In the Field podcast series. This is a podcast series where we break down our in the field scouting and hunting trips so you get the juicy details while they're still hot. These episodes are slap full of quality content that you won't want to miss. The In the Field podcast series episodes are available for our Patreon members along with our Apple Pay subscribers. We want to give back to the biggest supporters 
of our show and say thank you for supporting your favorite hunting podcast. Or become an Apple paid subscriber for this content. And also, if you're an Apple paid subscriber, you'll get both the Southern Outdoorsman and the Southern Waters podcast ad-free. Go check out the second episode of our In the Field series today. Now let's get the show on the road. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman podcast. I'm uh, sitting here with old Jacob Myers next to me. How you doing over there, old Red Rocket? Doing well. <laughs> just fl- got, you know, just came back from Kansas, so uh, nice Good. flight back. Just got back uh, yesterday morning at like 3 a.m. So, mm. you know, we're finally rocking and rolling, but uh, on this week's outro, we're actually not going to dive super in-depth on the kind of topic for this week. Uh, with our podcast episode of your hunting club that we just talked about, mm-hmm. breaking down new properties. But this week, we're actually having on one of our partners on the podcast and someone that I'm super excited to have. Uh, we got Chris Leppert on the podcast. And Chris, remind me again, did I say your last name correctly? Or did I, you, uh, you nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Man, you got to have that confidence. I, you knew you said it, right? I, I know. I know, but I like to put it out there. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you know I've had people read my name. Like, is, is it Meyer? I'm like, well, there's an S on it too. So it's Myers. <laughs> it's okay. I can't say anything, man. I, I screwed up a name big time time like three three weeks ago yeah <laughs> so but, i just said the wrong name completely we, chris bad. we got you on the podcast from the mobile hunters expo and super excited to kind of break this down if anyone's been listening to the podcast uh, especially over the last few days they've heard our pre-roll slot for you and for the expo which is super exciting uh so chris i gotta ask real quick how are you doing i know you just got back from uh from kentucky but uh yeah. what's going on yeah uh not not too bad man uh pretty wore out um i haven't done this kind of crazy hard labor in a very long time and my forearms are absolutely juiced so we're uh i'm ready to do the uh, i'm ready to hop back on the social media side of this <laughs> absolutely well, so, so what kind of hard labor are you cutting trees for the expo yeah we've been cutting down trees and then uh, so we cut down 18 cedar trees that are pretty pretty substantial in size compared to what i'm used to they're 20 plus feet um and we trimmed every single limb off of them, which anybody, anyone that knows cedar trees know they are covered in limbs. Um, and then today we actually drugged them up to the front of the farm with the tractor and uh, finished uh, trimming them up and everything. So now we just got to load them up and bring them up here to Ohio and get them all put together and braced up and haul them out to the expo. Mm, man well that's gonna be the exciting kind of transition because we want to talk about the expo if anybody's been active on any of the major social media uh hunting groups uh, the facebook hunting groups uh they probably have seen this uh and seen the mobile hunters expo over the last i mean really since the springtime is when you've really been kind of pushing it as new vendors and everything's been kind of coming on board so chris real quickly early in the conversation can you explain what is the mobile hunters expo um as we kind of you know work our way through this awesome conversation The Mobile Hunters Expo was designed to allow people to be able to try mobile hunting gear, anything from, um, you know, bull man steps to latitude saddles, cruiser saddles, all those. Um, And then different stands, sticks, platforms, you name it. Uh, Rather than dropping 500 to 1000 plus dollars on something that you really don't know if you even like until it comes in the mail and then you're pissed off because this wasn't the right setup for you and you'd rather do a saddle than a stand or vice versa. So um, we wanted to be able to allow somebody a good uh, low pressure environment where vendors aren't a having to sell their ass off just to break even because they were at a show for, you know, a week or, you know, five days or whatever, and uh, really allow them an experience to be able to, 
to come and talk to vendors and also gain a lot of education on ascending and descending trees efficiently, safely. We see, I know you guys see it. Um, there's questions all the time about different setups and, you know, whether, whether I should go up a tree and hang my set and then come back down and grab my pack or should I go up in one trip? And we just want to really, really help people be more efficient. And of course, safety is, you know, number one. So uh, that's, that's really the uh, the gist of it. There's actually a lot to this I want to break down and, and talk about in more detail because it's not just kind of like one of these uh, events where you're just coming and trying a bunch of gear. There's also yeah, guest speakers doing some different seminars there, which is going to be mm-hmm. super interesting that we can kind of discuss. Uh, not only that, but you have a film festival, self-film festival, which we're going to discuss yes. as well, uh, along with the whole Deers and Beers, I believe if I said that correctly, event on yeah. Friday night. Uh, that people can join as well. So there's a lot happening here than just come and try on some equipment. And not even just that, from everything we've discussed, there's 35 plus vendors that can be present. So it's not just a handful of, of different companies that are going to be there, both stand saddle comp- stand and or saddle companies there, uh, different climbing methods and everything else. So there's going to be a, a wider range of different people and, and companies to see and network with and talk to and try out equipment while you're there, which, you know, this is something we, we try to do a very, very small scale of this back in 2020 down here, but we called it our, yep. our, our Bows and event. And that was a big factor of like people coming out and trying a few different things. But the problem is you only had a handful of stands and saddles to try. You this only is, had what we had. Yeah, and was, then Cruiser came yeah. down. Yeah, it was just our equipment, really. And yeah. then, yeah, Cruiser came down as well. Um, so this is like way, way, way bigger when it comes to just everything that you can go and try out uh, and mess with, which is fascinating. Because especially if you are, you know, listening to podcasts and as you've heard a lot of our different guests talk about the advantage for a lot of them of being mobile, understanding different applications and how to, you know, not have to worry about pre-hung stand sites to be successful. You quickly realize that there's so many different options out there to go with. And that's where a lot of people get super overwhelmed. And I see it every single day on the mobile hunters, uh, the different mobile hunters groups, and like our running gun whitetail hunters group. Every day, guys are making posts of like, hey, it's going to be my first year trying to do mobile mm-hmm. hunting. What do I need to get? And you get opinions from hundreds, if not thousands, of different people <laughs> of what they think is the best thing. Yeah. And the problem is, what may be the best for them may not be the best fit for you. And this is an event where you can truly come and figure out what is the best option for you moving forward. Yeah. And, and it's an unbiased environment um, that I think that's probably the most important part is we want people to be able to come down and make the best decision for them and have a great experience, not just feel, you know, it's fun to go out to Cabela's Bass Pro, whatever, and shop. And if I seen one of you guys or whoever in the store, I could sit and talk to them like we will at the expo for hours on end. But um, at the end of the day, we want to give people a great experience and um, really help them make a decision. Uh, and and they have almost an unlimited uh, number of options to choose from. So it's it's really going to be a it's going to be a special weekend, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, before we really dive into this, I didn't even really kind of preface you with this early before we were discussing about the topics for this podcast, but what is your background getting into mobile hunting and, and kind of starting to implement that verse, maybe what you used to have done? So I hunted with a climber for years and that was the only way and the best way. And I, I would live and die by my summit and nobody would talk me out of it. And a guy named Sean Walters 
hit me up one day and wanted me to use some uh, Bullman silent approach steps. And I thought, I'll give it a try. And then I was a little nervous and uh, they sat in the closet for a little bit. And then I decided, man, I should, I should get those out. He brought them to me. Why not? Why not try them? So I put them on the tree and I was like, I kind of got up the tree, you know, not, not super fast, but also not slow, no slower than, you know, any other way other than I was faster in my climber. But I thought, man, if I could get in some of those trees with those limbs that I can't get in with my climber, that'd be the ticket. But I didn't have a stand uh, that would that is designed for mobile hunting. I had a gigantic steel uh, hang on that had um, the little rings on it. You had to use the freaking uh, come along straps or whatever to to winch it down and. Uh, it took me probably twice as long to hang the stand as it did to climb the tree, you know, 18 feet or whatever I got. So I used those in conjunction with, uh, I ended up getting a, um, hang on an XOP and, um, I used that in conjunction with those for a little bit. And then I tried saddle hunting and I really ended up not being the biggest fan of it, like the ring of steps. And um, once my buddies got into the, the stand and sticks thing, they bought a bunch of lone wolf stands. And I thought, man, those guys, they're getting up a tree and like holding on to their bow in 12 minutes. That's, that's solid. So I thought I'd try that. So I got some Eastern Woods outdoor sticks and started stand hunting and saddle hunting. And uh, man, I, I just, it opened my mind big time because now I could play the wind differently. I always used to play the wind like uh, the wind would be blowing towards me and away from the deer and like, man, why aren't these deer showing up? And then I learned you've got to give them the wind and kind of be on that line. So I uh, started having encounter after encounter and I could hunt the same, you know, 10 or 20 acre little tiny spot on public or private and just bounce around from tree to tree and have encounter after encounter uh, with, you know, mature deer or even, you know, a nice looking three-year-old or something. And so that really, um, John kind of got me into the, the mindset of, of, you know, not using a climber and being able to bounce around a little bit. And then I just kind of evolved from there and um, went to sticks and God, I haven't used that poor climber in two years. So probably just going to give it to somebody. Uh, that, see, that's very similar to kind of our um, experience when it came to mobile hunting, which I was going to ask Andrew. Andrew, what's your story? Because we haven't talked about that in a long time, like get into mobile hunting. Because I, I thought it was kind of interesting, kind of funny, to be honest. If you, if you now think back at it. Do you even remember? I'm trying to think back at it. now. Oh, well, so I, I know that I was wanting to get into the mobile hunting thing, and I think it was right when I met Jacob, who was already like, if anybody knows Jacob personally, like he could – he could get he could sell ice to an Eskimo, meaning he can get anybody excited about anything. And so I was already like looking at mobile hunting gear and everything. And Jacob like sent me over the top into it. And uh, I think I got like the Lone Wolf Alpha Tech or something like no, that. No, no, no. Before that, dude, what were you doing before you met me? Oh, dude. Oh, oh. XOP hand climber. Oh yeah, XOP hand climber, uh, which I liked. Oh, <laughs> I had oh I had a Hawk helium stand. Yeah. And uh, what were the sticks I had? 
like some muddy sticks or something. Yeah. Do you not remember? No, dude, I don't remember. Oh my gosh, Andrew, Man, you teed it up, and I just missed it. Andrew, yeah, Andrew's got dementia over here. I so when I so when I first met Andrew, and it was like when we were in college, he had an XOP hand climber <laughs> that you used. That was like the only thing I think he were using at the time. Yeah. And then after missed that, a bunch of deer out of that yeah, stand. Yeah, and that's when I was using <laughs> a, a lone wolf alpha stand. Okay. Uh, and then yeah. they're just they're sticks. And uh-huh. I was using that for a couple of years before I met you. And then from that, you're like, oh man, I want to get some sticks. And you got that hawk helium. Mm. I think was it the hawk helium? Yeah, stand? it was a hawk helium. Freaking, it was huge and it, it was, was gigantic kind of, and not and it had a ratchet strap. Had a ratchet like strap. Like you were talking about, Chris. And and then also you were using you bought the the cheap. They don't make them anymore, but it, Muddy had a cheaper. Uh, like a cam, almost like a cam buckle stick. You know, they still have their pro sticks that have mm-hmm. like the, the cam cleat uh, and the ropes. But you bought those those cheaper muddy sticks. Started using that, and I remember when the the most memorable hunt when you got into that because you're like, oh man, now we can hunt anywhere. We went up on this little bench where you had seen a big buck. Oh yeah, left me a voicemail. This absolute giant was chasing oh, you know, yeah. this doe. And like, dude, we got to go up there on that bench and go get him. <laughs> and we went up there, got some gnarly looking oh, yeah. white oak or, or red oak that had a bunch of splits in it. Mm-hmm. And we were using my sticks and your sticks. And our, yeah, and we got way up that tree. <laughs> and you were hanging off one side. I was hanging off the other side. Didn't see. No, I think we saw one little. We, we one, saw a buck. Right. We saw. A little buck and then we saw a big buck like right at dark yeah because we were sitting there it's moonlit night we're yep. sitting there it gets dark and we're like hey like let's wait a second before uh-huh. we get down and make sure there's nothing close wind died down here oh yeah here he come and next thing you know you see this black blob like moving through the timber and it gets to like i don't know probably 30 yards from us and you can just we threw our binos up and it's like moonlit you can kind of see you throw your binos you up barely and see you just like see part of like tines and like a main beam and everything like walking uh-huh. by and like oh my god that was him yeah and uh but that was like the <laughs> first experience though with you specifically mm-hmm. I, I think that was like impactful for staying sticks which was cool that was the first experience where i was with someone who knew what they were doing and could get up a tree effectively with a stand and sticks because i'd been trying to do it myself and i'm like how the crap do i put sticks oh. on and then climb oh. up and then get another stick and then go back down like how do i do this, this i try to hang them all off of me and everything and it's just is a nightmare yeah this is great because this is when I specifically remember that time because you mm-hmm. were hanging sticks. You Cussing would up a storm in the woods. You, you would you would hang one stick and then come grab another stick off the ground and then you'd climb up and hang the second <laughs> stick. Then you come off the tree down and grab your third stick. And by go, the third stick, I'm like, man, this sucks. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you you hang them off your sat or you hang them off your uh, your safety harness. You're like, what? And I had the little D loops tied on my safety harness, so I'd start from the ground, <laughs> had my bow tied up, had my backpack tied up, staying on my back, and didn't come back down until we were done hunting. And you're like, huh? That's interesting. <laughs> I'm like, well, look at there. That's pretty slick. That'd be a lot of work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, slowly like learn, learn more yeah, and more. Man, you can cut that learning curve out by going to the Mobile Hunters Expo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man. Absolutely. And then that slowly kind of formed to like, I think it was 2018, you bought a saddle set up. And I was jealous, so I had to go buy a saddle set while you were waiting for yours to come in. Yeah, and uh, somehow I got mine in typical. before yours. <laughs> typical. typical. And uh, did you guys go with them? It was right when Tethered had launched Tethered their Manus. So Andrew bought one, and he was like a size large. Well, I was a little heavier set. I had an XL. <laughs> and I guess they had more XLs in stock than the largest when they first launched. So. I yeah. got mine weeks before he got his set up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was kind of that whole that whole shenanigan. And then from there, kind of got into at the same time looked at getting like into smaller, more compact lock ons. 
and I actually had bought on a lock-on Windwalker that I hunted out of a few times. You know, it's like a six-pound stand, super small, compact, made in the early 90s. Um, and then, you know, just kind of transitioned to like smaller lock-ons and saddles and also getting compact climbers, which is like the, the lone wolf yeah. sit and climb. It came uh, full circle. Now I'm back in a climber a lot. Yeah. But it, they, they all have, they're all tools in a toolbox, man. Yeah. They got different uses. And that's where I was going to get at. It's like, you know, this this event specifically is covering a lot of like your hang your, your hang on stands and sticks and saddle and stick and step combinations and stuff like that. And there's just so many different ways to be mobile. That's where I'm trying to get at with this. There, there's so many different styles and, and ways to get up a tree. And that's yep. the kind of cool thing about this expo is be able to go and experience a bunch of different styles and talk to a bunch of different people who have their own way of going about doing it. Because previously, again, Andrew's experience was just like him trying to do it himself, struggling, and then it can't, I came along and I'm like, dude, there's a better mm-hmm. way to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of like, again, trying to do all this by yourself and have to watch a crap ton of YouTube videos to figure out what's the best, well, why don't you just go to an event like this mm-hmm. and you can do it all for yourself that weekend and be able to kind of figure yep. out what's the best bet for me and where I hunt because... Yeah. What we've come back to, and we're about to get more into this expo, but I just want to kind of lay this footing for people. What we've come back to recently is not one specific style of like mobile way of hunting is best for us. Like, and we have saddles, we have lock-on, like mobile lightweight lock-on stands, and also have compact climbers. And we all use them at different points of the season for different applications based off where we're hunting. So that's kind of what we've learned, especially more recently, last couple of years is like, you know, there's some guys that they run the one setup and it's fantastic for them for the whole year based off where they hunt. And for us, we're like, you can do it. But also there's certain times I'm like, I really want that climber, you know, late season with a rifle, I'm over a cut over. I got to get legitimately 35 plus feet of a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yep. what, that's what I want to do. Um, but you know, you've got guys that, you know, do one stick method. You got guys who, you know, just use, you know, two, down. Yeah, two sticks and, you know, you know, four step movable eight or five step movable eight or, and they get up the tree, which I, you know, if anyone's, if anyone's been around the mobile hunting game for a while and seen the video of me from a few years ago, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely busting my butt on a five-step eighter and a wild edge step it's still out there somewhere you can find it um <laughs> but again this expo kind of shortens the learning uh, curve so um i mean chris what previously what got you into like because i want to learn a little more about you most guys if you're listening to this podcast you're in the southeast most of everybody owns or has owned a climber and most of them is going to be a summit climber especially if you live down here in, mm-hmm. in the deep south oh, yeah. or maybe like an old man or something if you use api i automatically say like you're from the midwest all my midwest buddies growing up they all had apis i'm like dude i didn't know anyone that dude, i had here. an api oh well you, you, central you, alabama yankee bro <laughs> no i'm no, i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> There's some of the southern lizards like, no, I grew up, I've had API for 20, 20 plus years. Anyways, um, what got you into the whole climber thing, too? I mean, wh- what did that transition look like? Like, why'd you get a climber back then? So, that was the first way to be mobile. And I went from hunting on the ground or in a preset ladder stand or something. And I think I had one hang on stand, but you used the screw in steps and I sure as hell didn't want to unscrew those steps until the end of the year. Um, and we, this is back when I was young, dumb, no safety harness, nothing, you know, just fly up a tree and then, uh, you know, come back down. So, um, I thought, man, how cool would it be to have a climber and shimmy up these trees and be able to go and, and sit in different areas and, None of my buddies thought that it was even a good idea, that they were dangerous and all that. And the first one 
I ever bought was made by Hawk. I can't remember the name of it. It was in 2002. I bought it for like 99 bucks at Walmart. And I don't know what that thing weighed, but it was heavy as hell. And it had the cables with the loops on the end and you'd shimmy it down the rail and you'd have to hold the flashlight, little mini mag in your mouth and make sure that the loop lined up with the hole and put the cotter pin in there. And then the cable was covered by the thick rubber tube. That thing was so loud and cumbersome. It was hell, but I saw all kinds of deer compared to my buddies. And so they bought summit climbers and I thought, man, that's, uh, those are nice. <laughs> and so that was like the Cadillac of, of tree stand. So I went and got one of those and, uh, wow, that, that just, it, I hate to use this term cause it's overused, but it really did change the game quite a bit. Good way to um, good way to spice up that uh that that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really did though. So that that's kind of uh, how that went. It, it had a bow holder uh, that I bought. I, I bought a bow holder and put it on there. So I thought, man, I can hold my bow right on the side of my climber. I'm I'm good. I don't need anything ever again. We're good. And so that's kind of the um, the story there. And then of course, as I said. I kind of ditched the climber and went to uh, other setups. But I do agree with you that uh, during gun season, since you can shoot a lot further, even here in Ohio, I really do like a climber because it gives you a chance to kind of rest, especially if you got that rail, which I have the bow hunter piece and the gun hunting piece, I call it. Um, so that's that. Yeah, one of the things that, that this expo would really help people out with, and I, I was mentioning a newer hunter that – that I'm kind of mentoring this season who joined a hunting club with me. Uh, he was asking me the other day, he's like, man, what do I need? Like you said, I should get a saddle. Should I get a climber? Should I get this? I'm like, well, I mean, it's kind of complicated, like, because all those things have different uses and being able to go to a place where you can get hands-on experience, all these things, especially the stuff you can't buy in stores. Cause a lot yeah. of these nicer brands, you like you're not getting like hunting beast lone wolf custom gear or pretty much any saddle company in a big box store where you can go and check it out and so you're mm -hmm. talking about you know having to hunt people down in your area who have it and like arrange a meet up with them or or buy and sell stuff till you find what you want which is what jacob and i have done you mm -hmm. know we've bought and sold a lot of this stuff over the years like thousands of dollars yeah honestly yeah and yeah and that's just like kind of a huge pain and it's nice to be able to just go and and actually view this stuff and one like if you're going to go with a saddle figure out which saddle is most comfortable to you because like that's what we did at our bows and bruise events like all those people came and they were trying all the saddles everyone tried all the saddles <laughs> just figure out which yeah. one they liked the most so they could order it especially back when lead times were like really really bad um, yeah. but also you know if you use that stuff at an expo you can kind of get a feel for what it feels like to climb in it, what it feels like to sit in it, what kind of trees you can put it in, and you get hands-on experience, and then you might have a better idea of, okay, well, I can take this, and I know a, I know a spot on my property where this would be perfect, or you know, some areas that I'm going to be able to get into that I wasn't able to get into before with X setup. Uh, so that's just, I, I feel like that's huge, especially if you don't have any of this stuff yet and you want to go try it. I mean, it's worth worth the drive. I mean, it's worth going up there and and meeting new people and everything and having a good time. But uh, Chris, what are some of the companies, uh, if you if you can say that right now, like what what are some of the companies who are going to be there? 
We have, I'll just go in alphabetical order for you. We have Adrenaline Gear, and we do have a couple of social media groups that we invited just to come be a part of it as well. I'll mention them as well. So we have Adrenaline Gear, Antler Addiction 365 will be there. They're a social media group. Uh, we have Apex Custom Gear. The Bow Hunting League will be there. They're another social media group. And then Backwoods Mobile Gear, Brush Creek Monsters, they're a scent company. Buckeye Archery Supply is a local archery shop. Buckmasters will be there scoring uh, bucks. Bullman Outdoors, Buzzards Roost Saddles, Cruiser, Custom Gear Modifications, Dryad, Eastern Woods Outdoors. We have Elevate Stand Company, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Foxtrot Ammo, Hunter's Blend Coffee, Hunt Light, they're a saddle company, Hunt Worth, which is a clothing company, Innovating the Outdoors, they're a 3D printing company. They, uh, they make like bow holders and different little mobile accessories. Latitude Outdoors, Legend Saddle Gear, uh, New York Saddle Hunter will be there. They're a YouTube channel, but actually um, they sell DRT and SRT climbing kits and accessories. So, and that's really their uh, reasoning for coming. O'Hara Taxidermy, which is a, a local taxidermist in case y'all are up in Ohio hunting. You can hit him up so you can drop your buck off and don't have to worry about all the crap you got to go through to haul across state lines. Um, out on a limb manufacturing, pursuit platforms, real deal Amsteel, Rebel Metal Fabrication, the Amsteel guy, Trophy Line, Two Bore Saddles, TX5 Custom Gear, Ultimator, Wild Edge, and XOP. Nice. That's quite the lineup right there, man. That's that's pretty <laughs> cool. And that also, you named a lot of companies there too that make accessories and yep. I mean someone could bring what they already have or just the knowledge of what they already have and and look around and, and get some hands on those accessories and see how they do uh that's, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool yeah absolutely so I mean that that's another kind of interesting thing about this is like we said you know it's a ton of vendors that are going to be there and this is y'all's first event uh and, and from what Chris you've kind of mentioned to me it seems like the first of many to kind of potentially come but what was kind of the, the overall like thought process of like doing an event like this and actually putting something on? Because I mean, this is a lot of logistical work too, making sure everything's up oh. and running and everything's, you know, rocking and rolling. So, I mean, what kind of caused you to want to do an event like this for people? So I have a little experience. We had a pretty small event last year. I had the idea on like June 29th, June 30th, and all my buddies messed with me because as soon as I get something in my head, we're going, we're doing it. Right. So I told him, I, I was like, guys, we should, we should do this. I think this is a good idea. And, uh, we put it together in three weeks and only promoted it for about 10 days online. And we had a couple hundred people show up, which wasn't a bad turnout. And it was just enough for the building that we had. So, um, moving forward, that was, that was a decent amount of work. This was an undertaking, that I did not expect would be what it turned out to be. <laughs> um, all the different emails and calls and text messages just from vendors alone, trying to accommodate them. And then you, you go into all the different questions everybody has. They're, they're texting and calling and 
people are buying tickets and then they want to know, you know, what that involves and everything. And, and so it has been one heck of a logistical undertaking. And as we were talking about, um, one of the biggest projects that I, I kind of un- underestimated, but when somebody offers you uh, free access to their farm and to get as many cedar trees as you want, I thought, well, if we're going to do it, let's do it. And we did it. So cutting down 18 trees was a chore. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's been quite the undertaking, but I, I just, I really felt strongly that it would be something where we could kind of leave our mark and leave, you know, the, the industry or whatever, a little better than we found it. Cause I, I noticed these days, um, we're, we're losing with, with the, the development of social media. It almost seems like you're losing that, uh, one-on-one or you know personal connection with people where people want to just online bank and they do click list at kroger or whatever i don't know if y'all have kroger down there but um everybody's just you know with the pandemic everybody wants to order everything online now i thought what what an amazing thing it would be to get these companies together and let them meet each other that in and of itself you know that they really don't all go to the ata and the uh, Great American Outdoor Show and all that because of where they're at. So I thought, how cool would it be to get a bunch of people together and BS for an entire weekend or a day or whatever about mobile gear and and nerd out on deer and and everything. And now we've got um, you know Jake Bush, Greg Staggs, Aaron Ritter, Jacob Emery. Those guys are amazing and just a crazy wealth of knowledge on many different levels and uh people are going to get to go up and talk to them and and bs with them and pick their brains and everything i just thought it it's a a special opportunity for myself let alone everybody else to get to do this for a day or a weekend so Houndstooth Game Call's Dixie Hen Slate was just voted the overall best turkey call by Field and Stream Outdoors, and trust me, it's super easy to run and be extremely dynamic when you're in the turkey woods. Now, we've mentioned a couple of these calls in the past, like the Spur Master and the Success Call in a past episode with both Gary Vines and Lyle Gilbert of Houndstooth Game Calls. And it was funny enough, y'all actually bought every Spur Master call and success call they had. Now, pay attention to their website. They're going to have some more come up in stock in the next few days. So when they come available, make sure you get one if you did not purchase one before they sold out last time. Both the Spurmaster and the Success Call are fantastic for hunting high-pressure turkeys, whether you're on a hunting club where you have a lot of other members hunting those same turkeys, or if you're on public land. Again, both of those calls will make you sound a little bit different from everybody else and be a lot more subtle in your calling technique and be able to really help close those distance with those gobblers. So if you want to give Houndstooth Game Calls a try, go to houndstoothgamecalls.com. Use the promo code SOP24. Again, promo code SOP24 for 15% off houndtoothgamecalls.com. Name name some uh, Southern Outdoorsman podcast alum there. Uh, Greg Staggs, oh, yeah. Jacob Emery, they've been on the show. Yep. Yeah. Have you guys had Jake Bush at all? We haven't had Jake Bush on, no. Okay. But you I, might be the only podcast he has not been on. I, I know. Yeah, no, I was going to say, he, I know he's been on a ton of different shows. So, I mean, that's that's yeah. a, that's somebody, I mean, guys, if you're listening to the podcast now, you can search Jake Bush's name and there's a ton of podcasts out there. Uh, 
you know, that have covered him. So, you know, you can kind of get a, an idea potentially, you know, some of the topics he's going to be discussing, which real quick, just while you mentioned the guest speakers uh, that are going to be doing some of the seminars, can, can you touch on the general topics of what each speaker is going to be discussing on? Um, yes. Jake Bush is going to talk about targeting uh, big bucks on public land. Anybody that knows who he is. Uh, first off, if you don't search legends of the hunt and you'll quickly find out, who that guy is. Uh, he moved to Ohio from New York uh, to chase big deer on public land. And uh, in the last three years, he went 186, low 40s, and then low 70s on three public land bucks. And uh, he's getting it done and it's all on film and everything. So he's going to touch on targeting big deer on public land. Uh, I believe Jacob Emery is going to touch on targeting uh, deer through water access um, that's one of his big things. And he so happy for him. Cause I started following him a couple of years ago and talking with him and me and him are very, very similar, very high energy people. Uh, he matches me, I guess you could say. So, um, it's nice to have that, but watching him struggle the year before last and then just go off last year was phenomenal. Um, and then, uh, Greg Staggs, the, godfather of one sticking um he's he'll be covering anything you could ever dream about when it comes to one sticking and uh aaron ritter is going to talk about um your equipment um he's he's going to talk about being more efficient and things like that um just being a, a safe and better climber so um and he's that guy so we met him at ata and we we're just kind of shooting the breeze and um, I had no idea, uh, the guy was an amputee. I looked him up online and, uh, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the card he gave me, but it's limitless, limitless outdoors. And I, I didn't really put it together. And then I'm looking, I'm like, that dude's running marathons on one leg. Are you freaking kidding me? And he's a one sticker with one leg. Like that's pretty impressive. So we talked him into coming up and he's coming I want to say he's like down in Virginia maybe, um, but he's going to fly up and and uh, hang out with us all weekend. So should be a pretty fun time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, uh, I mentioned uh, or we had mentioned, especially in, in the read that people's heard or people listeners have heard of, uh, you know, when we had Greg Staggs on, I think it was episode 149 or 129. Uh, i look it up real quick. And kind of DIY for Public Land Giants. And I mean, Kind of where he's at in Missouri and some of the other states that he hunts, it's really interesting kind of get his mindset on some of that. And that's he's specifically one of those guys. Him and Jacob Emery both, but specifically Greg is one of those guys that definitely it's worth like if you have a chance if you're going to the event to kind of pull Greg aside and kind of get some one-on-one time. He's a person that is a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and yes. Definitely, you can learn a ton from him uh, when it comes to just what all you know kind of knowledge he has when it takes you know taking huge deer. So. Um, and him and his son too. His man, his son's hardcore as well. <laughs> they are killing the catfish right now, man. Yeah, that's another thing. He's big time, man. That that sea arc boat that he's got, man, targeting some giant catfish is pretty awesome. But uh, 
also, I, I want to kind of get into a little bit more about, you know, the overall kind of idea of the, of the flow of the event, because I think this is something that I think people will be impressed with. By the way, the episode, yeah, that Greg Staggs is on is episode 129, DIY for Public Land Giants. Definitely go check that out, listeners. But um, can you talk a little bit about the event when it comes to like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, when it yeah. comes to the uh, ticket holder idea and kind of <laughs> what you get, especially if you decide to, uh, you know, go to the event on Friday as well? Okay, so to get into the event on Friday, um, we are, we actually only have eight tickets left for that event. It's called the Deers and Beers event. And to get into that on Friday, you have to purchase a weekend experience ticket. It's 125 bucks, and it comes with a fully catered dinner, which is going to be phenomenal food. Uh, we had this person there last year cooking. Um, it'll come with a few beers. We're not looking to get rowdy or anything and and once anybody just to preface this once anybody drink a drop you're you're done climbing there's no bow shooting you're just there to shoot the breeze at that point so we'll do that stuff later though um so friday night you'll get uh first access to vendors and we really wanted to design this to be about the guy who wants to come talk one-on-one with you know latitude or cruiser or elevator whoever and if they're a social media person, which I have a, a deep appreciation for, whether it be podcast, YouTube channel, whatever, they can go there and maybe get a chance to interview a couple of guys or they can shoot a video uh, like some of the guys do at ATA or something like that and just kind of get ahead of the game, see a few things that are being debuted at our show that haven't really been debuted yet other than a picture from the company or something um so they can be the first to get that stuff out to people uh and then you'll you'll also get early access uh on saturday but never mind that um to stay on topic with friday uh i was thinking about having everybody throw we'll say ten dollars in a hat um and taking one one single arrow and sending it at, you know, we'll pick the yardage, maybe 40, 50, 60, whatever. We'll pick a yardage and uh, maybe maybe winner takes all or split, split the pot with the house or whatever we want to do. That's kind of up in the air, but um, we're going to hang out and shoot the breeze, uh, shoot some bows and have a good time, eat dinner, drink a couple beers, uh, weather permitting, sit by a campfire. And then moving on to Saturday, early access. And then the expo will open at 9 a.m. So they'll get an hour before everybody else gets there in case somebody needs to finish up a video, do a podcast, or they just want to come hang out in the morning, uh, drink some coffee. Um, Expo opens at 9. We will be running four demos that day uh, from our guest speakers that were previously mentioned. Uh, and then the expo will shut down at 5 p.m., which will give us enough time to set up for quite possibly my favorite part of it, which is the self-film festival, which is at 7 p.m. And uh, essentially, the self-film festival, it's not just about self-filmers. It's just geared towards them because uh, as as a self-film guy myself, I know all too well the struggle of trying to film your own deer hunt, turkey hunt, whatever, whether you're using a camera, GoPros, phone, and you're just trying to get all this content and edit it. And it's not, it's not even comparable 
to when your buddy comes and films you. So I figured it'd be cool to put them all on each other's level, whether uh, rather than having them compete with professionals who have, you know, a thousand acres or, you know, they live out West and can go on giant tracks of public land and film with phones and digiscopes and spotters and all that different stuff. Not to knock them because I, I love all of it. I just have a deep appreciation for the self film guys. So that is sponsored by Latitude. Uh, we'll have two categories. So team film and self film. And each will have its own subcategory of short film and full length. Shorts are capped at three minutes. Full length is capped at 10 minutes. It's $25 to enter a film. You can enter as many as you want. If we get to the point where there's a trillion films entered, um, we'll have to figure out who makes the cut at least, or when we're going to, we'll put them all in there, but figure out when we're going to say, okay, we all need to stop watching this and go home, you know, by 10 or whatever. Um, the four winners uh, from all four subcategories um, will get some gear from Latitude. Uh, and then I'll, I'll have some other things for them as well. Uh, and then the expo is going to shut down that night at 11 p.m. Then it opens up again at 9 a.m. and runs to 5 p.m. on Sunday. And we'll have the four demos running that day as well from our guest speakers. Oh, and see, one thing I didn't realize, I was kind of looking at this a little bit more. This is an event. If you do want to bring your bow, bring your bow. And again, yes. you'll have archery range and everything there that guys can yeah. kind of try out. Uh, as well, one thing, because I haven't talked to you about this specifically, on the range, is there going to be a place where guys can get up, say, in like whatever saddle or stand setup yes. and shoot that's from? The whole purpose. Yes, that's the whole purpose of, of having the archery range is so people can get in a saddle. I feel like there's this huge misconception that it's tougher to shoot from a saddle or your form breaks down. And I would argue that it's easier to hold your form if that shot is on the strong side or you have, you know, say like a, a larger platform, like a trophy line mission, or you're a hybrid hunter using a 0.5 or something, then you don't really have a weak side shot. But like last year, I killed my buck on the ultimate one stick with the UP platform and I gave myself to God when I took the weak side shot. You better trust me. <laughs> it was, it was uh, after it happened, I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll be able to try out a saddle or a stand and get in it and uh, absolutely shoot from it out to 15, 20 yards, roughly. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Because that's another thing. It's, you know, you can only – when when you get in a saddle specifically, or even like one of those little stands, you can kind of guess like, oh, okay, how's it going to be? Sh how's going to be the shootout of this? It's another thing to have your bow there, bring your bow, and then actually get up in the specific saddle or the stand setup or whatever that you're most interested in, in seeing truly what is it going to be like and what is that potential learning curve. But not only that, but you're going to have people there that are much more experienced in professionals especially with these companies that can give you tips while you're in the product so you have a better idea of actually what you're working with here and the kind of the do's and don'ts especially as a first-time user or someone that just doesn't have the experience uh like a lot of the other people that are you know with these companies so that's going to be super super valuable because it's one of these things that even if someone didn't go to one of these events if you went and bought say you know a, a saddle or even one of these stands when you go home to go use it Next thing you're gonna be doing is like crap. I'm looking at YouTube videos. Okay, like what? What's the? How do you shoot? You know, to your 12 o'clock position. How do you shoot mm -hmm. to six o'clock? How do you shoot to weak side? At this event, you're gonna be able to not only 
take that away where you're not going to have to worry about watching all these videos. You're going to have people there actually showing you and you getting up to be able to do it yourself to figure out what is the best setup for you and learn how to use it properly. Because I think a lot of people don't think of, I'm going to find out what's the best thing for me. But then you got to realize now I have to learn how to shoot out of it correctly. I need to know how to set it up correctly for me to climb the tree and get back down efficiently. And this is going to be one of those events where you're going to be able to learn a lot of that and take away a lot of that learning curve. Just like the whole point of us doing this podcast. The reason we do this podcast is to help you guys learn different ways to be successful and shorten that learning curve from, you know, people that have, you know, decades of experience. Well, this is the exact same thing this event is showing. It's like that hands-on where you're hands-on figuring out what is the best form to be able to use uh, along with, you know, the best utilization of, you know, climbing up and down a tree and how to be able to use the gear properly and be able to shoot properly out of that setup. So this can be super valuable. A, a couple other things that I wanted to kind of touch on as well. So with the archer, you know, be able to take your own bone setup, that, that's going to be huge to be able to kind of mess around with it. Are y'all going to have, can you talk a little bit about the, the demos or what's going to be there for, especially guys that are looking at climbing methods? Are y'all going to have something set where guys can either climb themselves or watch people actually climb up to different heights with different setups? Yeah, so as long as everything goes well, we should have a set of 15-foot poles in the middle of the expo. It's going to be pretty cool. There'll be a community pole area in the dead center of the expo, so we'll have stands and saddles and self-film gear and everything draped all over those things for people to come and check out. Um, a, lo a lot of people, it, I always get caught up in thinking, well, because I know, that means everybody knows. I was the last person. And then I forget, oh, wait, maybe somebody doesn't know, you know, this climbing method or this little gear with self-filming self or whatever. So um, they will absolutely be able to uh, watch some demos there and also we'll allow people to go up a little ways, but I don't, you know, for insurance purposes and everything, we're not trying to have people skyrocketing poles or anything, but, um, yeah, they'll, they'll absolutely be able to learn how to properly set a stand, uh, platform, um, sticks, steps, whatever on a pole and, and get up in them efficiently and then how to come down safely, whether they choose to repel or, you know, come down with a lineman's rope on their sticks or whatever. But um, there'll, there'll be a lot of a lot of room for education, which, in my opinion, and that's that's number one. Uh, being a guy that used to compete in archery, uh, it's amazing how many people, even with YouTube and everything, still don't know so much about shooting a bow and arrow setups and I know there's like this, there's a heavy arrow movement, a light arrow movement and all that, but I want to get into that. But um, there's just so much unknown out there still. And that's another one of the things that I want to be able to help as many people out with as I can shooting a bow and being able to shoot past 20 or 30 yards, you know, 30 yards, in my opinion, 30 yards should not be considered a, a long shot. But there again, I've, I've shot a lot, um, which I think that's where, you know, we roll back to, are you shooting every day or are you shooting once a month or, you know, you got your bow out in September or whatever to get ready for the season. But uh, yeah, going to be a lot of opportunities to try things out as well as get a lot of education there. Yeah. It kind of goes back to the whole mindset of having somebody show you something who knows what they're doing. And, it, you know, I'm sure that most people can relate to the whole, you watch something on YouTube a thousand times and you watch it a thousand different ways and it's like not working and then you get together with someone who knows what they're doing and they're like oh do this and then bam it works You're like oh yep. <laughs> okay yep. 
So that, that's uh, that's going to be huge. That's, that's a huge asset in your toolbox for sure, especially going into the season. So what do you have, Jacob, oh, before I cut you off? No, that was I was going to say, um, if anybody, of course, if listeners are interested in attending the event, uh, you know, where can they go and find more information? Where can they go to look at getting tickets uh, and, and other details, specific details about like location and everything else? So we're pretty much uh, blasting this on every Facebook group we can to get the info out. Um, we have our own Facebook group, Fueled by the Outdoors, that we post quite a bit on. We have the Mobile Hunters Expo business page on Facebook. And then um, we also have our ticket sales on eventbrite.com. Uh, and those, the, the pre-sale tickets, if you want to save a little money, the pre-sale tickets are obviously cheaper if you buy those than if you show up at the door to pay cash. Uh, I think it's like 13 bucks online, 20 at the door, something like that. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I did want to preface is that uh, for our raffles, we cannot sell those online in any way because, A, it would be unfair to the people that showed up, but also there'll be firearms involved, so I don't want to get into that legality um which we are raffling off a uh 350 legend and an ar platform that's custom built um we'll have all kinds of bourbon uh i didn't count how many saddle kits we had but i'm gonna say it's somewhere in that 10 to a dozen range multiple stand sticks platform steps um coffee uh, anything you can think of free mounts uh euro mounts um just a a long, long, long list of raffles. Awesome. So that's going to be something also that's going to be available for anyone who's going to be attending the event. They can, again, uh, you know, be a part of the, the raffle giveaways uh, and on all the different items there. So that's going to be huge. Uh, but, Chris, again, so if anybody wants to find out more information, of course, they can find the Mobile Hunters Expo Facebook page or go to Fueled by the Outdoors Facebook page as well. And then uh, the website, though, then the, to look at purchase tickets is, uh, is it, uh, what was the website again? I'm sorry. Eventbrite. Eventbrite.com. Perfect. Yep. Uh, well, Chris, what else? Is there anything else that we've missed on this or anything else you want to mention before we kind of wrap this episode up? Mm, I would say we've pretty well covered it. I just, uh, super glad to talk to you guys and, uh, of course, would appreciate the support from my my people down south and anybody you know even if you're in the north or or out west listening to this just we would we would be honored to have you as our guest and i think once people come to this they'll understand exactly why those companies decided to come it'll be a good time Absolutely. Andrew, do you have anything else? No, that's all I got. Awesome. Well, guys, this is going to be a super exciting event. So, again, if you, if you get uh, some free time. Oh, I guess we can talk about this, uh, the dates of the event. Uh, I guess yeah, that's important. Tell people about that, huh? <laughs> um, so, the Deers and Beers event uh, is Friday, July 29th. And then the next two days, July 30th and July 31st, will be general admission days. Um, and then that'll be... We'll be capping it off Sunday evening with uh, all the raffles. So, Excellent. Awesome. Well, exciting. Again, Chris, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, again, listeners, if you want to again attend an event like this, Mobile Hunters Expo, uh, definitely, again, go check that out on Facebook, the Mobile Hunters Expo Facebook page. Also, you'll probably see it in a lot of the other groups, whether it's the Running Gun page or any of the other Facebook groups out there as well. 
but again, uh, listeners, uh, if y'all have any other questions, you can shoot us a message directly. And if we can't answer for you, we'll get you in touch with Chris. Or again, message them directly on Facebook as well. But Chris, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. And uh, guys, we'll catch you back here on next week's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Thanks, guys. Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no brainer. You got to be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.